0: This is episode 7 of the Gamer Sushi Show. Coming up, we talk about gaming backlogs, the mass affecting of Dragon Age, Pirates of Douchewater, and then we all rage quit.
1: Hi, welcome to the Gamers to Podcast. I'm
2: Eddie. I'm Anthony. I'm Jeff. i um, Mitch. And I'm Nick.
1: And uh, we're back after a several week break. Um, I took some time to go to Florida last week, so we decided to take the week off. I was visiting Harry Potter, which
2: was magical, right? Axio Vacation. <laughs> yes, Axio
1: Vacation. I also oh. saw Anthony there too, but you know that's not as cool as Harry Potter, either, I guess.
3: That was more magical, I think.
0: Oh, really? well mm. well you did talk about magical things like vampires from buffy and nathan fillion
3: and nathan Mm -hmm. fillion and the spinach artichoke dip was divine
0: Mm -hmm. i I do love a good spinach artichoke i gotta say Mm -hmm.
1: but yeah so it's now uh august which means we're right on the verge of fall um and a bunch of new uh gaming releases uh which brings surprising, us,
0: right yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, no 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 I you joke but actually um i had this talk with eddie i think and jeff i actually didn't think much was coming out this fall and then i actually looked at the list and there was something almost every other week
1: well what else is coming out really i mean like, I, like, I only have a couple not, of games not, on my radar but
0: not for yeah. buy but i mean for for a rent you know I mean, you had stuff like Dead Rising 2, uh, the, the new Medal of Honor. Uh, Rock Band 3 is a big one for me. Um, of course, Halo, you know, Halo, Reach. And, yeah, I'm not excited
2: anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and uh, the other stuff exciting.
0: like to, uh, Need for Speed Hot Pursuit. Oh, yeah. Um, there's, there's definitely, you need to go look at the list, but there's definitely stuff that, that you're forgetting about, I think.
2: Civ Five is going to be Civ big 5. for me.
0: Yeah, there's going to be, there's actually going to be a, a lot of games coming out this fall. Maybe Fallout not like Vegas. super huge titles. Yeah, Fallout Vegas as well. I'm,
1: here's the thing after playing Alpha Protocol, less excited about Fallout New Vegas. Just uh, saying. Yeah, is no, I agree there. I it think, is, yeah. like, honestly, I'm playing Alpha Protocol and I kind of like it, but in a lot of ways, it's really sucky. And I'm like, man, this is.
3: Yeah, but they're using the engine that Bethesda created for Fallout 3, so it's already guaranteed not to suck, right?
2: Yeah, because that engine was so solid. Oh. Uh, it's
3: better than the one in Alpha Protocol.
0: I'll take no. your word on that.
2: But even still,
0: like yes. just... But I mean, an engine doesn't make a game. Yeah, exactly. It's...
1: An engine doesn't make a game. And Obsidian, at least in my mind, has kind of a track record of screwing up games. <laughs> so That's
3: true. But they were also under the dominion of Sega. And Sega's got a track record of screwing up games.
4: But I mean, it, is New Vegas just going to turn out to be like Fallout fan fiction in a way?
0: If it, you know? It, Fallout 3.5. Be... Yeah. Fallout 3.5. It looks so, like I... it to me, but I mean, who knows? I'd be fine with that. I love Fallout 3. Yeah. Actually, fun. I'd be all right. That's actually another conversation that me and, and Jeff ODSC. were having about the whole like sequels, do they have to be revolutionary kind of thing? But yeah.
1: Yeah, well so because we got all these Fall Games coming out, <clears throat> I know a lot of us are clearing out our gaming backlogs right now. Which uh, brings us to Jeff, because Jeff was going to talk about what he's playing first.
4: Yeah, well, I, I don't know. I have such a ridiculous backlog right now. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I have something like 10 games that I need to play. Some of them are, are big AAA tiles, too, that I just never got around to. But I was thinking about it. Like, Does anybody on this call not have a backlog of games that they've bought and haven't played yet?
0: I don't. I think we all do. Oh, you, you don't, Mitch? I don't have a backlog of games. I hate you.
4: <laughs> wow. So I think, <laughs> the only, so Mitch... The only uh, game I haven't
2: are. played is Final Fantasy 13, and I don't think I'm going to do that, so...
0: Well, see, that's <laughs> on my backlog, so.
4: so... So, I feel like, I don't know, Mitch, you're probably the exception for some people. I don't know, after a certain point, I just started buying every new game that came out. Um, I don't remember having a backlog when I was a kid... And I just have talked to so many we people. We didn't buy like, as
0: many games when we were yeah, kids. Yeah,
4: yeah. When, when we were kids, we had like three games that were all three and a half hours long, and we had already beaten them.
0: That we would play over and over again.
4: Yeah, right. yeah. Um, so maybe it's a, a function of, of just like, we're older, we all have more disposable income, but um, it almost seems like the the game industry relies on people that buy more games they can play. Because I was thinking about, like that's the thing that I thought about MMOs, how can there be as many MMOs as there are when they take so much time to play? Like, you have to rely on people subscribing to things that they don't actually play.
0: Well, I also think a lot of that has... I mean, yes, you can look at the number of MMOs, but look at the number of MMOs that fail. Look at the number of MMOs that that people leave WoW for, play for two months, and then just return to WoW, and then that MMO fails. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
2: Most of them are well, cryptic MMOs. I mean, Champions Online and Star Trek have failed, but that's besides the point.
3: And then well, there's I some mean, it, that just stick around forever. I think there are still people playing Final Fantasy XI and EverQuest. You
4: know? mm-hmm. Yeah, I true. guess they, they must be sustainable to whatever degree they need to, to keep making money. But
0: yeah, once it gets to a certain point, I think it is. Mm-hmm. And, in, and in Asia, it's kind of a different deal. Like they, like, they play a lot of other stuff that we don't play here and a lot of the things are supported by just that. So like Final, well, like I think Final Fantasy 11 is that yeah Final Fantasy 11 is just played by like Japanese people I think.
3: For the most part yeah you're probably right. Yeah, yeah. I think so.
4: See so yeah, but I I've like I've been making a point of playing games that I can beat in like 10 hours or less because I want to clear out the short games. But it, it seems like people are always like that's one of the biggest complaints whenever a new game comes out is that it's not long enough. Like that was that was the one th- bad thing everybody has to say about Limbo is that oh it's f- fifteen dollars it's gorgeous it's a really cool play style but it's really short. That that's the one thing you read about it. See, uh, I, just,
1: I never underst I just didn't understand that because if a game came out on a sh- on a shelf in GameStop and cost fifteen dollars, no matter how long it was. And if it was considered a great game, people would jump on it. But for mm-hmm. some reason, there's a barrier when you download it. Yeah, there's that, just
3: some sort of mental block. Like, oh, yeah. this is taking up hard drive space, and it's not that big. I don't understand what it is.
4: How yeah. is it
0: different from Portal, which was about the exactly. same
3: length?
4: Right. Well, but that's the thing. Like, So games can be great if they're five hours long. You can have fantastic like genre-defining games that are that long. But exactly. everybody seems to want... Like, just think about if every game was the length of a Fallout Three or an Oblivion and they all plan came plan. out at the same time. Like people would be like, Oh yeah, this is awesome. Mass Effect two took, you know, 150 hours to play, but who would finish all those games? Yeah. You know? You
0: would, 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 would play well, four besides games besides me. a year. Yeah. But except for Mitch. You would play four <laughs> games.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But still, like if so if, if you bought every game and every game was 150 hours long, you wouldn't finish any of them. So, I don't know. I mean, I think that's why, even with the, the length of games that we do have, like what, Red Dead Redemption takes 30 hours or so, right? About 30, yeah. Mass Effect 2 takes about, what, 30 or 40? 20. 20? 30.
1: 20 to 30. Yeah, about there. Yeah.
4: So, I have Red Dead, I have Mass Effect 2, I have Fallout 3, I have Final Fantasy Thirteen. You know, these are all games that, that are in my backlog, and it's actually because they're so freaking long.
1: Dude, you're going to be in trouble in like a month or two.
0: Exactly. <laughs> what I, what <laughs> yeah. I was just talking about with these games coming out. Well, okay, so I'm not that excited about
4: Halo Reach. <laughs> I'm not really a, a Halo person.
0: But everybody so. else in this podcast is going to be playing it, so you should probably <laughs> so, you, get so you're involved. saying I should give in to well, peer pressure. Is what I'm you're not three, at,
2: three, at, three out of five anyways, I was going to say. Oh,
0: Anthony's not playing it? I'll, no. I'll try it, but I'm not going to
3: rush out and buy it on day one. Yeah. I don't, listen, I don't
0: know. and I'm telling you, we had some we had some amazing times playing Halo Three. Yeah. And I don't know if you guys want to mess out on that because it's really really fun to play with a big group of friends. That's and I is. And,
1: and I know that in, in like 2011, one of you guys will be picking it up and be like, "Hey, who wants to play Halo?" And we're gonna be like, "Hey, we're playing Gears of World War Six. So <laughs> <laughs> be
3: like, "Oh, we we traded that in." Yeah.
4: But I mean, yeah. from, so okay, so Halo Reach. That's one thing, but I mean, a lot of the
0: other games you listed off, Nick, those aren't ones that I'm even that interested in. I think, um, and like I said, a lot of them are rents for me. Yeah, but it's no, just, yeah, I exactly. think there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff off radar that you might be interested. Uh, we didn't even mention. I mean, I know it's two point five, but uh, Assassin's uh, yeah, Creed Brotherhood. brotherhood I'm I mean, interested in I that. Play that because two yeah. was amazing. I mean, Mitch, that was his game of the century. <laughs> yes. But yeah, no. I mean, I'm gonna.
4: I'll pick up. Brotherhood, and I, I might give Reach a chance. Although everybody told me that I needed to pick up Modern Warfare 2 because everybody would be playing it, and then uh, nobody wanted to play it because it was so broken. So uh,
0: we know we played it. We played it for a while.
4: <laughs> eh, I, I, I was never around when you were playing it, even though I had it. So
2: well, well in that game, did. you also couldn't do party chat and yeah. like yeah. 90% of the playlist. Yeah. So that, right, that right. also so, kind of killed I it. I mean, yeah,
1: Modern Warfare 2 is a weird example because yeah, like it was one of those things where the best mode to play you can only do with two players. Mm-hmm. Which was, you know, the co-op mode was way better than the multiplayer. I thought.
4: Yeah, uh, I mean, Nick
0: and I played some some co-op. We did. Which was A blast. And yeah. then
1: you couldn't do party chat, so it made getting into games like really irritating. Mm-hmm. Um. So. But,
0: but we still have, happen to have a lot of fun on that. I I mean, I know yeah. me you and Carrie would play a lot. Yeah.
4: I think it so. Here, <clears throat> here's here's the, the the bargain I'll make. If I finish some of these games by the time Reach comes out, I'll have something to trade in. What is it like September 20th or what's 14th. the date? Fourteenth. I can finish. I can want. finish. No, I can finish. Alan Wake for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, you yeah. know Alan Wake for sure. Uh, I've got Bioshock Two and Assassin's Creed Two. Once my brother finishes them, although they're not worth very much money anymore.
0: Yeah,
1: not a lot. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, Assassin's I Creed in,
2: is worth like ten bucks.
4: Yeah.
1: yeah, I traded in Red Dead Redemption and um, Dragon Age today and got mm-hmm. like forty-five bucks. That's pretty good. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I might, put that I to make... finish off my Halo Reach pre-order.
4: I can probably finish I can probably finish Red Dead by then. I'll I'll probably pick one like medium length game to trade in, you know, cuz I know I'm not going to finish Fallout 3 in time. Yeah, I think I'm going to
0: like I'm with you, Jeff, while I'm trying to clean out my back catalog. I just beat Red Dead and BioShock 2 last week. Mm-hmm. So, I got those to trade in, and if I can beat 13, which I'm mm-hmm. near the end of 13. If I can beat 13, then I'm going to trade all three of those in as you know, as, as reach money, basically. Right. We well, you, you, know, should, thir- have, so you should have you 13
4: isn't worth, worth yeah. much money. It's, <clears throat> it's selling f- for $25 used now.
1: Yeah. So yeah. that's the thing is like, you're probably going to get like 12 bucks for it. I mean, that, that was the, I beat 13 within like a few weeks of it coming out and then traded it immediately. And I yeah. got 30 something for
4: it. How, how long sure. is that one, by the way? Is it like 100 hours, too?
0: It's like, no, it's about 40. 40. about 40 hours. Yeah. Oh, okay. 40 isn't yeah. so bad. Yeah. It's still a bit of a time <laughs> thing, though.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because like, and that's what's, I don't know, like, like I played maybe 10 to 15 hours of Fallout 3. Um, I never played more than that because I started running into the same problem I did with Oblivion where I was just stealing things and not (laughs) playing the game. Um, but it's just something about, I just get obsessed with it. Self-control. Um, yeah. I don't know what it is. I was like following, I did, I, I did the exact same thing. I just started following people, breaking into their houses, sealing stuff when they were gone. And I don't know why I did it. So I was like, okay, I, I have to reroll to even be able to play this game. I need to start over, give myself no stealth, like eliminate the temptation and just play it. And then by that point I had already gotten backlogged. So I kept telling myself, okay, I'll redo it later. I'll redo it later. I'll redo it later. <laughs> and then I never did. Mm-hmm. so the reason i bring that up is because i feel like some at some point you got to cut some of the games out of the yeah. backlog because you know what I mean like i don't i don't know maybe it's just a personal thing but i wouldn't want to be bogged down with some of the games when you know there are new ones coming out now this year you might be able to get away with it because there's not a lot of like must buys coming out but right but by spring you know there's going to be dragon age 2 there's going to be Gears of War three. I mean, there's gonna be some, you know. I think a lot of the big games are kind of moving into the spring.
4: Yeah. So, well, Gears of War three will be what, like ten, twelve hours, won't it? If if that,
1: probably ten to. I don't know. the The second one was closer to twenty. I thought.
4: Oh really? Between. 10 I never. I never have played the second one either. Yeah. I, although I'm sure I could pick it up for like twelve dollars. But yeah. Yeah.
0: But no, you you're gonna want to get that for four player co-op. So. right. Right. Yeah.
3: Like, Gears of War 2 you're, or 3, you're going to want to get right away to play with everybody. Dragon Age 2, you could wait a couple months because oh, that yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah.
4: Well, and how long is Dragon Age 1? Because I have that, too. <laughs> 100
0: hours. Uh, it
4: was
1: 50 to 60 for
0: me. For so, my- yeah, I want to say mine was 60. It, it's a bit, it's there, man. It's, yeah, that's it's the fixed. thing. So
4: part of the problem with this, this backlog is that I'm almost hesitant to play those long games because with Fallout 3, you sit down. This was with, this was true with Oblivion. I would sit down to play Oblivion and I'd end up sinking 4 hours into it every time,
0: you know. Yeah. But like that's I, how but that's how you do it. I mean, that's how you get rid of it. Yeah.
3: Yeah, but I well, would but like so when the, I would the, do it. I would say I'm going to go to this place and do this quest and then I'd be like, "Ooh, a supermarket." And then I'd, you know, kill ghouls in the supermarket for 4 hours and be like, "Well, <laughs> Didn't do what I was intending to do. <laughs>
4: yeah,
2: but so the game yeah, that, the, that I the difference is if you s- if you sink like four hours into uh, Alan Wake, you've done like almost half of it. So
4: yeah. yeah, exactly. That's the thing. I feel like you know, if I focus on Alan Wake, I can, I'm actually like making progress on clearing something out. But um, no, the one that I finished this morning was Half Life Two Episode Two.
3: Just was in any, time for Episode Three. Oh no! no, no, no. <laughs> oh, has anybody oh. else actually played through the episodes? Like, I don't was, think Nick and Eddie had. That was pretty
1: good, it. Anthony. That was pretty Thank good. Thank
3: you. Mm-hmm. I'm just still irritated about that. I want Episode Three to come out. No, yeah, so I have. Anthony, I have you played? Have you
4: played through Anthony?
3: I didn't play through all of Half Life Two, and I messed around with uh, Episode One and Two when I when I rented the Orange Box. I'm actually going to go back and do them again, but I just I still just want Episode Three to come out, just as a gamer, you know. <laughs>
4: yeah, well, you know, <laughs> I think that's true for just about anybody that's interested in games, but um, yeah, and no, just, it was it was cool finally get like that was a, a nice six hour campaign right there for, for episode two. I want to say episode one is like four, maybe five hours.
0: Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I never I, I never got around to two. So.
3: I just, I didn't, they did the episodes so that they could like cut development times and get them out quicker. And I just want to say, going on record, episode three better like change the world because <laughs> it's supposed to be a short game and it's taken this long. Like, it, it seriously better cure cancer. It comes yeah, out. Part,
0: of me, part of me thinks they might not even do that. They might just jump to Half-Life 3. So.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, that seems like they would need to do that.
0: I still want that, that, that prequel, Full Life,
3: holding out.
1: Crickets.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, Anthony. you had a good one, then you tried to push it too far, Anthony. You, you sure can just cut have that. I've head. made
3: that joke many times, and it's been funny every other time. You guys failed to back me up this time.
1: That way you can't just reuse material.
3: Yes, you can. <laughs> Haven't you ever seen a Will Ferrell movie? Okay, nice. well... See
2: that? He's back on.
1: <laughs> that's, that's hilarious. Anthony you ruined can't. everything. we got to start all over. Oh,
0: yeah, I, no, yeah, I think we just leave all that in, actually. That was Jeff.
1: hilarious,
3: yeah.
0: Yeah, you can leave all this in. That's fine. Jeff,
3: say everything you just said.
1: All right, well, uh, moving along. Um, Anthony, what are you playing?
3: I am currently playing... Um, prince of persia the forgotten sands and um it's really good i like it a lot because i really loved the sands of time uh back when that came out in 2002 that's one of my favorite games of all time and then the next one came out and it was okay and then the third one the two thrones came out and that was better but it still wasn't as good as the first one and then they released that god awful one the the, with nolan north doing the voice which he's not the reason that that game sucked um, you can read my review of it if you want to find out what I really thought about that game, but I just really did not like that game. Um, and this one like sort of wipes the whole bad taste of that out of my mouth, because it gets right back to what I love about it, which is mainly just that exhilarating feeling of accomplishing a very tough platforming section. And um, playing it made me think about when a franchise sort of goes off the rails a little bit with a game or two, or in some cases, multiple iterations, and then it sort of course corrects and like, oh yeah, we're get, we're back to what we need to be now. And um, obviously Prince Persia is one of those. And some others that I was thinking of is like, I know the Tomb Raider game sucked for a while. And then allegedly I haven't played it, but I've been told that the last one that came out, I don't even know the name of it. That's how little I pay attention to it. Um, that the last one that came out was pretty good again. And then um, I was gonna ask you guys what franchises you thought. Cause I know, Mortal Kombat kind of sucked for a while there. And I know it's trying to redeem itself now. And Street Fighter, maybe, like after Street Fighter 2, and they just kept doing like Street Fighter Alpha and Alpha 2 and Alpha 3. And then Street, by the time Street Fighter 3 came out, no one cared about it. It took Street Fighter 4 to make it relevant again. But, no, um, tr- I,
0: I would argue Street Fighter 4 has actually made uh, fighting games relevant again.
3: Yeah, yeah. Because that's,
0: it, at E3, there was a lot of fighting game stuff that was coming out. And at Comic-Con... They announced uh, Tekken vs. Street Fighter, right? Yeah, yeah that's right. So. And I mean, uh, are you that would have never happened? You know, and now we got year, Marvel vs.
3: Capcom three
0: two years that ago. I'm excited for right. Yes, that's dude. the thing. Like, I think all of that was reinvigorated mm-hmm. by Street Fighter four pumping lifeblood back into the genre as a whole. Yeah,
3: yeah the, the genre and but but. Yeah, y- exactly. You're right. I didn't even think about that. I was just thinking about Street Fighter as the franchise because I, by the time Street Fighter three came out, I didn't even care. I think most people were just like, whatever, you know. And then Street yeah. Fighter four, like, it sort of went back to the basics. And you know,
0: definitely, it, yeah, it did, definitely did.
3: And um, I don't, I don't know if like was Resident Evil three considered a good game. I never played it, or not.
0: So. Uh, it was okay.
3: It was okay. Yeah, but then Resident Evil four
0: comes out, and it's like, holy shit. Yeah, yeah but I don't know before. about that. Two, two was the best one. I mean, two was much better than one, well, in my opinion. Two two was two was better than one. Three was okay. And then I never played four. Oh, four, was, four is better than five. Like, and that's, take away the, the, the co-op, just like a single player. Yeah.
4: Yeah, yeah see, Nick, I, gave, I thought I gave you my copy of four.
0: Yeah, well, I don't have a Wii or a GameCube anymore, so I can't really play it.
4: Oh, said said Nick. Well, yeah, I mean, the, part of what revamped the whole Resident Evil series was that they completely changed the play style in four. Like, from being, I don't know if you yeah. guys have played the original Resident Evil recently, but yes. it is so ridiculously dated and almost un, unplayable at this point. Like, I downloaded it on the. You got it on it, PSN? Yeah, I got it on PSN. And it's like playing, mm-hmm. it's more like playing a Space Quest or a, a King's Quest game. Than, like what I think of as Resident Evil now it's like a puzzle game where occasionally a monster co- pops out that you have to shoot, and the controls like when they when they describe the character as controlling like a the tank, they oh mean God. the original game they don't mean like the current ones where you can actually like you it's just hard to describe how different it is from what I'm used to now with analog controls I've noticed that about like the p s one games I've downloaded on the p s three is that all the PS1 controls? I'm just like, this doesn't make sense in my brain because the con- control scheme is like completely different, relying on non analog stuff. I know I, when I was a kid, I played like that and it was fine, but for some reason it doesn't work anymore. But yeah, so Resident Evil 4 is a completely like reinvigorated, refreshing uh, <coughs> version of that, that game over the shoulder. Is that what you're saying? Like the new Prince of Persia is because it seemed like it's still that it, it's that updated graphic style, kind of. No, no like um,
3: I, I probably should have explained it a little better. Um, no, you're right. Resident Evil Four is completely different from the other three previous Resident Evil games, um, which is why I love it. I hate the original three Resident Evil games because that the tank mm-hmm. controlling I couldn't stand it. Um, yeah. But I love I and mean, I, I, I
4: I love too. I like I remember playing Resident Evil Two on the PlayStation Two. I think it was, and beating it, and that was one of the only PS2 games that I ever beat, but I think it's a 2. maybe. It's that was one. on
0: PS1. It was that a 1? Yeah. Okay, I remember yeah. beating
4: yeah. Resident Evil 2, and
0: I don't remember it being The that first ridiculous. three were all on PS1.
4: Okay, right. there you go.
3: Yeah, no, I just, I, I played them, and I just, I just really hated them, and then someone was like, no, Resident Evil 4 is different, you gotta try it, and I was blown away, it was one of the best games I ever played. But with Prince of Persia, it's still the same as like the original 3 for the PS2. It's just different from the one that came out for the PS3 and the, the 360. Um, I think in 2008, because um, that one had this kind of weird um, sort of super streamlined control scheme where you your guy would do a whole bunch of animations and moves, and you just occasionally had to tap a button, and it felt like I was doing a bunch of QuickTime events. And this one brings it back more to the where you're you're c- directly controlling your character a little bit more, and just the the whole style and feel and everything. It, when you complete a platforming section, you feel like you really accomplished something. And, um, you know, it's one of those games where you walk into a room and you're like, well, I think I'm going to go to bed. And you're like, no, nope, no, I got to see, I got to get through this room first. You know, and you just keep playing and playing and then eventually you find yourself, you know, two or three hours later, like, you know, hating yourself. So
2: so it's, it's kind of getting back to its roots in a way then.
3: Exactly. It's it's The, the last one went off in this direction that i didn't care for and this one is getting back to its roots and through that way sort of correcting the franchise and getting it back on the right track with resident evil it didn't really like it didn't really go off the rails because people still enjoy that game but it went off in a different direction that i think elevated it and made it more of a more of a success than it previously had been so i I see i I can't think of
1: any like i can't really think off the top of my head of any franchises that that course corrected like that. I mean, you mentioned Mortal Kombat. That was probably a good example because I know they're trying to with the new one, but then also, um, <laughs> well, think, when,
2: when they were talking, usually, at, usually sorry, when they I were think, talking, I thought of one, uh, Splinter Cell kind of did like a mini course correction because after the right. second one, Pandora Tomorrow, it was kind of starting to wobble a bit because that one, like you go from the first one to Pandora Tomorrow and it's not as good, but then like Chaos Theory really got it back on track. And then after that, it just sort of, uh, fell back off the rails again
3: could you say that metal gear solid 3 was a correction for metal gear solid 2
2: well that depends on whether you like 2 or not i mean exactly
3: if, that's why i'm yeah. asking
2: i don't know i didn't i didn't really care for 2 i mean 3 is definitely the best one but
3: cuz it felt um, like a reaction to to what happened with 2 you know what i mean like like well you didn't we didn't give you enough snake we're going to give you a lot more snake but in a different time period so it doesn't mess we're going to give all. you
2: so much snake we're going to give you the original snake naked exactly. snake Naked snake. Yeah, what I
1: was going to say earlier about... Because, yeah, I I was going to talk about Splinter Cell. um,
2: I apologize.
1: Well, no, no, because I was going to say, like... Because I was actually going to go a slightly different direction because it was like... um, Splinter Cell is one that I feel like still needs that course correction because Chaos Theory was so stinking good and then they got way off track with Double Agent and then got way off track, you know, still with um, Conviction... But didn't and, you say
0: the Co-op and Conviction yes. was kind of a return?
1: Well yeah, Co-op and Conviction felt like Chaos Theory and I yeah. read I read an interview recently on Games Radar with with um, one of the games producers and he was at, he actually was talking like really um, candidly about kind of like their development process and stuff and he talked about how just all the devel- development problems they had but one of the things he said was that like Chaos Theory they felt like was the pinnacle <laughs> of stealth games. And so that's why they went away from it. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like
4: they couldn't, they, couldn't repeat, they couldn't repeat themselves? Or yeah. they couldn't reach that that's height again? That's kind of like
3: one of the criticisms, and this, this is kind of a harsh criticism. It's like saying
2: the Empire Strikes Back was too good, so he decided to go away from that for the prequels.
3: Yeah, like one of the criticisms I heard about, and I don't know if this is unfair or not, about Mass Effect 2 was instead of them trying to correct the element, like correct some of the things in Mass Effect One that they had problems with. They just took them out, like the inventory and stuff. Like that. they just took them out and just said, okay, they just streamlined it. The inventory kind of like was the, pretty
2: bad, man. Yeah, the inventory yeah, was really. Yeah, bad. it was bad.
3: Yeah, and and that's what I heard one reviewer say, and I don't know if that's fair or not. Yeah, but, I, I, but it kind of sounds I, like that's what that developer saying. Like, well, we know we couldn't improve on it, so we just did something different.
0: Well, see, I, I think, think it, that's, but I think, I think it's, it's a totally different, different ballpark. Yeah. yeah, I I think that that was their their answer to the problem was that okay, well. This isn't working, so we're not going to do this anymore. This is working; we're going to do this better, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, like, where, this works
3: so well; let's just try something different because we'll never. Well, well, yeah. I mean, uh, it, it,
0: it's
4: the question of can they top the pinnacle of stealth gaming, and they that that's probably what they felt like they couldn't live up to Chaos Theory, so mm-hmm. they tried to do it really well in different areas to our disappointment. You know, what and, I mean? and, and
0: it sounds to me like that's kind of the antithesis of what zelda did where they just try to make ocarina of time over and over again right because that's where it's like okay we we did the pinnacle and now we're just going to keep trying to do the pinnacle in different generations splinter cell guys pretty different splinter cell guys were like okay well we're going to just try to do something totally different so those are like two opposite ends of the spectrum to me
1: so I hear I guess that this brings up to an issue that I think we may have we talked about briefly before the podcast we someone said it in the podcast like the idea of the 0.5 sequel and yeah. it's it's funny because I've heard I've heard this this happens from every gamer I, like I hear gamers make fun of something for being 0.5 but then when you say something about a franchise they love they're like well I don't care I like playing it like I'm okay playing more of this right. you know but then they'll turn around and make fun of something else for being 0.5 so people are clearly okay with playing point fives for things they like, you know. So, so I don't know. I guess it's interesting. Like, do right?
3: Like you don't you don't have to revolutionize everything. You can just refine it and make exactly. it better. Look at how yeah. well, I think, I think some of the Uncharted lines two.
4: are blurring. I think some of the lines are blurring now that we have DLC. Like, you know, the games did DLC before the 360 and the PS3. All the Resident Evil games have what you would call DLCs, because when they would port it to a different system, they added more little expansion packs. Um, but I think, you know, it's sort of a weird feeling now when you can get another two or three hours of content from DLC, and then they go turn around and package this thing that might have been three or four pieces of DLC as a sequel, you know? I think that's, that's part of why people complain about It's like, well, if they released three packs of Assassin's Creed DLC maybe we'd get the same amount of content. You know what I mean? Like if, it's, if it turns out to be like a short game, if Brotherhood turns out to be a short game and we made fun of it for being a 3.5, how is it different from long DLC? Well,
1: the fact that it costs
4: $60. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Is right.
0: I think price <laughs> yeah. has a lot to do with it. But yeah, like I was talking to Jeff about this, about if, you know, I just, I just beat Bioshock 2 and it was more of the same. I mean, it was 1.5 or whatever you want to call it. I mean, but if if that was a PC game in the late 90s, that would be an expected sequel. And and yes, it was cheaper then, but I mean, it wasn't that much cheaper. It was 40 or $50. But like, we're kind of in this era now where it feels like you almost have to be revolutionary in your sequel. And we've actually just had a bunch of, Examples in Mass Effect 2, Uncharted 2, Assassin's Creed 2, where sequels have gone above and beyond what the first game was, or what you expected from it, from what the first game gave you. And I think that that actually hurts these games that are coming out that are just, we're just expanding on what we've already done.
4: Yeah, sort of like workman-like sequels, it's just like we're just get, getting our heads down, trying to hit all those points that we hit before and not screw anything up. Well, do you mean
3: like when you mean revolutionary? Like, do you mean because Uncharted Two plays pretty much the same as Uncharted One? It's just it's been refined and it's just been perfected. But then you have a game like I
2: think what Uncharted Two was the storytelling as opposed to the gameplay. I think is what people there was a definite
0: jump. There was a
3: well. What I'm saying is though, but then you have something like Resident Evil Four or Five, where it's an entirely different game than the previous one.
0: Well, no, 5 is pretty
4: similar to 4. 5 is really I like... Know, no, I know, I know,
3: I know. I mean, I mean from Resident Evil 3 cool. to 4. Nick hasn't right. played Resident Evil 4, that's why I mentioned 5.
0: Right. Yeah. Saying,
3: the jump from Resident Evil 4 to, to 3 is completely. It's a, a completely different style of game. Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying is, is it okay to refine it, like Uncharted and Mass Effect, where you sort of streamline it and make it better, or do it like that, where it's completely different? You know, like, what do you mean by revolutionary is what I'm asking.
0: Well, I I mean, I just think of like... When you play the game, you think of drastic jumps. I mean, I would, I would, yes, the jump from Resident Evil three to four, I would say is that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I, I, I think a lot of it is that all of the things I just named were, were twos, right, right. It yeah. was Assassin's Without Creed it two, it was Uncharted two, it was Mass Effect two, so mm-hmm. it was like we've been introduced to this concept, we understand it, and now the very first sequel that comes out for it. We're going so much bigger with it. We're going we're to change it drastically and make it something that the first one wasn't. I mean, especially with, like, Assassin's Creed, the first yeah. one was a beta test for, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. it was a, it was a,
3: it was exactly a trial right. for what yeah.
0: the game Assassin's Creed 2 was. Less with Uncharted. I mean, Uncharted 2 was a refinement, like you were saying, but still it was this. But it was just so much better. It was yeah, so it, was a, it was. There was
1: definitely a jump. There
0: was definitely. I would an, add, that's yeah. what I'm talking about, Eddie, Is the jump like because I played Bioshock Two and I didn't feel like there was a jump. Yeah, but at the same a little time, bit, of it I played. I felt was, the same way. But at the same time, I was perfectly okay with there not being a jump. I was happy to revisit the world of Rapture, and I loved every second of it. I thought that it was fantastic, and I, I thought that it got a bad rap. Because all of these other games just came out that were so much of that jump from one to two. And it just was kind of like, listen, we're going to refine this. We're going to make hacking a little bit better. We're going to introduce some fun combat things. We're going to introduce big sisters, which are a fun battle. And we're going to do a little bit of this. But, you know, it's basically going to be the same world that you loved before. And I don't fault them for that. And I think a lot of people did. I think
3: you're right. And I have have a quick question. I asked Eddie this the other day. With that in mind, like, you know, the fact that you don't always have to, you know, if you enjoy something, you know, the game, you don't always have, need the sequel to totally blow things up and start over. What do you think of Dragon Age 2 and what they're doing? Cause that's a good that's really, that's really different. I mean, they're taking away, like, one of the things I liked about the original Dragon Age, which I haven't finished, admittedly, is that it was like a party system. It was like an old school Western RPG, like on the PC. And they're sort of, I feel like they're taking well, they're, that away now by putting you I, in direct control. I'm mass little- affecting it.
0: Really? Exactly. Yeah. I, I am a little bit worried. I, I talked to Eddie about this. Yeah, I'm a little bit worried about Dragon Age because the thing that uh, that I loved, and I know Eddie loved about it, was the gray. It, it was built in this area of, like, no choice sounded perfectly good or perfectly bad. Mm-hmm. Everything had cons to it and pros to it. And in the new game, they're like, okay, we're going to have the good... The bad and the badass, and I'm like, okay, well, but that's, I mean, the reason I loved your first game was because you had this moral ambiguity, and you're you completely know. taking that away, and you're adding it just to be like, you're you're actually signifying which choice is which yeah. in the options, and I I don't know if I like that.
3: Yeah, in the original game, you sometimes didn't know what whether what you were doing was good or bad until exactly. after you did it.
0: I loved that. Hmm.
3: that yeah, that was fun, and. You know, I made the joke, well, not really a joke, but, like, the observation before that, you know, in previous um, Bioware games, like, you know, KOTOR plays kind of like Jade Empire, which played kind of like Mass Effect, you know, and then they changed it with Mass Effect 2, and now it feels like they're, like Mitch just said, they're Mass Effecting Dragon Age, and, you know, they're putting this different skin, obviously, because the art style is very, very different, but it feels like they're putting, like, square peg and a round hole kind of thing just trying to make I don't it know
4: more like I that. don't know if I like so what Nick said about the moral choices that is kind of disappointing but the thing about Dragon Age is that every time I pick it up and play it again because it's been like a, a few months I forget entirely how to play it because that <laughs> the party system that you're describing is not a natural fit to what I'm used to I mean that it's, that's it's,
3: it's really not very streamlined
4: strange, yeah it's really strange not controlling the characters Directly all the time and it's also really strange Just not having a main character with a voice That still bothers me But yeah, and I, and I and didn't like did not that They
1: didn't have 8 hour dungeons Right,
0: right. Yeah. Eddie and I talked about this This weekend um, I, I, think, I think they're fixing The wrong things to yeah. be perfectly honest yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> think <laughs> that they're Fixing the thing that I loved about the game And I'm worried that maybe They're not fixing the things I didn't love About the game were the fact that you only had one healer um, and if you and you could not pick her up yeah. and you essentially break the game i mean you can teach morgan to be a healer but it, it's, it's not nice. the same if you only have one caster Whoa. and and another thing is what eddie just said about the dungeons i mean orzamar and and the uh, you the mean mage,
1: orzumar, orzumar, Am I, right?
0: orzumar. Uh. <laughs> I, just, I just said that Jeez, eddie <laughs> And and the um and the in the, the mages temple, which the mages temple itself was a perfectly fine dungeon, but then you go into this whole dream sequence, which is another entire dungeon. Yeah, no, that's that's the that's where I am. That's right, the last that, time I played. It.
1: I'm I, have, I have a friend that quit in the dream dungeon. He was like, Forget this.
0: Yeah, they because, need to yeah. fix that part, not the thing I actually loved about it, which was the gray moral ambiguity part of the game.
1: All right, well moving on to Mitch. Um what are you playing, Mitch?
2: Uh, for the last little bit, I've been checking out uh, StarCraft 2 because uh, it's, been, uh, it's been, it's been, it's taken them forever. And I've been like, yeah, exactly. It's taken them forever and I've been looking forward to it. So I've been trying it out. Um, I thought PC split. Gaming
0: was dead, Mitch.
2: <laughs> Not on the Mac.
1: Oh. See, here's the thing PC Gaming's actually having a really good year. Right. That's the thing. That
0: was the joke because people always say PC Gaming's dead and then StarCraft 2 comes out, and it's like, blows up the earth. Like, I talked to a random girl at a bar the other day about StarCraft 2. Like, she knew what it was, and she was not a gamer. That's hot. So she, like, because her friends were playing it. So it's definitely, definitely, definitely still relevant.
2: Okay. Well, PC going.
0: gaming's dead, but Blizzard's doing okay. Oh like I,
2: <laughs> I think that's what we can take away from that. But anyways, yeah. I've been splitting my time sort of between um, the campaign and doing comp stomps with a friend of mine, because unfortunately, like, uh, Starcraft 2, I am actually intimidated to try and get into the multiplayer on that because I just feel like there's just such a, such a steep learning curve for that that if you don't really have a basic understanding of how Starcraft 2 works in a multiplayer setting then you're just going to get like stomped in no time flat because to me Starcraft 2, the way that multiplayer works is it's not so much about tactics as it is trying to bum rush the other guy as fast as you can and when he tries to bum rush you you do the thing that counters his rush so, I mean, I've been I've been thinking about, like, uh, games that ha- are sort of like that. A lot of first-person shooters kind of have that thing, I feel, with all the leveling and classes now. Because, like, they try to balance it out, but games like Call of Duty or uh, Bad Company 2, I mean, the further you get into that, the more attachments you get. And so people who are coming into that fresh are going to be at a disadvantage, so... I don't know. Do you guys have any examples of like games you've tried to get into where you've just been stonewalled by the player base or?
4: That's actually yeah. I mean that's why I don't play multiplayer. Uh I stuck my head into Uncharted Two multiplayer and I got owned like within seconds every time I would spawn. Well, because the people had been playing the beta for like six months or however long and then yeah. by the time the game actually came out it was it was you know full of people that were really good at it. I, I, the only multiplayer game that I played a decent amount was Bioshock Two, and I'm sure that's a ghost town now. But I mean, well, see, I got in there right immediately when it started, and it was there wasn't that much of a learning curve. I guess that's what
1: that's what I was going to say is that I think the thing about Bioshock Two is it's why I try to get if there's a multiplayer game I know I'm going to want to play, I try to get it early because the the most fun time in multiplayer games is the first month or so that they're out because. No one's figured out the exploits. No one's figured out the really thing—the things that you can do that really irritate people. You know, like the all the
4: secret hallways and,
1: yeah, and That's well, yeah, like,
0: why when we played Modern Warfare Two, that's when it was great, and we yeah. got off when it stopped being great.
1: Yeah, and so I, I try to pick up multiplayer games I know I'm going to be interested in right when they come out because I feel like otherwise, either yeah, either it's a ghost town or if it's a popular game, it's it it like the point of entry is almost you know it's almost too steep. Um, To jump into,
0: well, yeah, you remember playing Warcraft three, Eddie? I mean, we were on that really early, and we had we had our build orders, and we had we knew what we were doing, Uh, like when we'd do two v two and stuff like that. And then I remember we kind of stopped playing for a little bit, and you get back into it, and you you've lost.
2: It's like a different different game track. Yeah, you've lost
0: it because there's so many trends and like what's big at this point and what people are doing and if you leave that for like a few months you're you're toast. You come back yeah. and you it's a different game.
2: Yeah, and Blizzard's always like balancing and tweaking units. So like yes. your build order that worked like 2 weeks ago, they come <laughs> up with a patch and then now suddenly void are nerfed and marines kick your ass. So yeah. as as an example, I don't know what it, if that's what's like, but it's just like and like the StarCraft 2 community is just like voracious. Like they are probably the most hardcore multiplayer community i've ever,
0: I've oh, ever yeah. had. That, I mean but that's it and that's like if you want to look at like what hardcore pc gamers are it's starcraft 2 go go look at that that's what. that's your uh, example of of a hardcore pc gamer
3: i have no experience with uh, the well i mean i played a little bit of starcraft online um, the original one and i got my ass kicked a bunch of times
0: yeah by a um, bunch ex- of koreans yeah exactly
3: yep. Except the very first time I played, I didn't know, like, the little abbreviations. You know, people would be like, NR, meaning no rush. And I didn't know what that meant. So the very first time I played, I, like, did a Zergling rush. And I kicked this guy's ass in, like, 45 seconds. And he's like, dude, I said no rush. And I'm like, no, you didn't. He's like, I said NR. And I'm like, oh, my bad. Sorry, I didn't know. So the next time I was good and I obeyed the laws. But that was the only time I ever won at StarCraft.
2: See, now that's called called cheesing when you win by doing something the other person doesn't expect.
3: Oh, I call it war.
2: <laughs> yeah, but that's the other thing that it just has its own freaking language, which is another reason why it's so hard to get into. Cuz like it's just people develop these codes around it.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I don't well, know. You know, there was one game um for the PS3 Warhawk. I don't know if anybody else tried that. Um and I couldn't get into it cuz it's literally an online only game and it's so intense and so everyone's so good at it that like it, you can't do anything with it at all and I had to end up trading it back in right away because it was just way too hard to play. And there's well, no way to practice when, offline.
1: Well I remember when um, Splinter Cell Pandora Tomorrow came out um, and I wanted to play some of that um, some of the multiplayer in that and they had the um, the versus matches which were like spies versus mercs or whatever and I remember reading about it saying like okay this sounds really cool and like we would play it like LAN and it would be really fun and then we try to jump on Xbox Live because we we got Xbox Live um, in advance of Halo 2 coming out. And we got we got Xbox Live in advance of Halo 2 coming out, like, in preparation for it. And so we had Pandora tomorrow. We thought we'd try it out. And it was, like, you, I, like, couldn't even, like, jump into it. Like, it was so ridiculous because people were, like, the spies would, like, run and, like, jump and, like, Break your necks like while flying through the air, and they would run off. And I'm like, okay, that's not the way this game is supposed to be played. The spies are supposed <laughs> to be sneaky, <laughs> right? <laughs> and people are playing it like Slayer or something, and right? And it for they everybody. totally, yeah, like they totally, it just broke the game. I mean, yeah, like, well, they figured
2: they figured out a way to break it.
1: Yeah, exactly. And people will do that if you give them enough time. Which say what you will about about Bungie and Halo, but like Bungie actually, I feel like they do a pretty good job at, at maintaining. Like Halo Three is mostly the same game when you jump into it now, that it probably was a year ago.
2: Yeah, I mean, maybe you'll find like a couple matches where you just have yeah. no chance, but most of the time you can hold your own. I yeah. mean, jumping, in, jumping into SWAT and you're not good at headshots, you're asking for a pounding, but if you just do like Social Team Slayer, I mean, you're going to do okay.
1: Yeah, and I think part of that has to do with the fact that they do their betas and they just, and the betas get played by millions of people that that all figure out how to break the game in different ways, and so it, it, it helps them, you know, proof it, you know, because Halo 3 was you know didn't have too many like crazy things but i remember halo 2 did it had, a, it had a ton of exploits
4: and then if you're me you just you know play for the first time and team kill <laughs> your your <laughs> team members accidentally because you don't know what you're doing
2: from across yeah, from across the map
3: it was a good shot though
2: but yeah i, th- I figure eventually i'll try a starcraft Two. i mean they offer the practice league so i'm sure eventually i'll try that so i'll probably come back and with tears in my eyes and tell you the story of how I was rushed in the first five minutes and (laughs) destroyed. All right, well, uh,
1: moving along um, to what I'm playing. Um, Over the last week, I've been playing um, a couple of things, um, but but the ones I really wanted to talk about were Limbo and Alan Wake. I was thinking about this as I was playing Alan Wake, and I thought even more about it as I was playing Limbo, just the idea that it's kind of shocking how many really great single-player games we've had in the last year. Because I remember... Maybe it was about a year or so ago on Gamer Sushi, I was kind of lamenting that we don't have as many. I mean, like it just everything seems to be multiplayer based, you know. And there was all those topics going around on gaming news sites about like, are we seeing the death of single player gaming, and like that whole thing. And and so it was really cool as I was playing Alan Wake, which um, I, I loved. By the way, I mean I, I loved the the light and dark mechanic. Um, I liked the storytelling of it. The cutscenes were were pretty shoddy in terms of like their <laughs> the facial animations and like the the lip syncing was, but but the story itself was like pretty interesting and the gameplay was was excellent. But yeah, as I was playing it, I was I was really engrossed uh, and it you know not I don't, it's not anywhere it's not on my game of the year list at all. I don't think, but it was still a lot of fun. But yeah, I was just thinking about it, I was like, man, we've had you know just right off the top of my head like in terms of great single player games. Mass Effect Two, you know, Dragon Age games we've been talking about, but you know, Uncharted Two, Assassin's Creed Two, like there we had we had some really great single player games in the last year, Um, and so I don't know. I'm just I'm really excited about. I mean, Arkham Asylum. I'm just really excited that we that we kind of have all these to look back at, and I'm and I'm hoping it's it's a trend, and I'm hoping we we see even more kind of games like that. And and I don't know. I mean, what do you guys think about that? The the idea that you know. Because everyone was always talking about like multiplayer gaming's coming in, and people are trying to get rid of single-player games to give you know people more of a reason to buy games. But
4: I yeah, think just that- I'm curious to see how Modern Warfare 2. See, it seems like you know all the release date pushbacks that happened, where <clears throat> so many games came out much later than they were expected. I'm really g- wondering because it seems like the the um, schedule here for for this fall. It, it doesn't have quite as many, like, big screaming AAA games. You know, I, I wonder what, what we have on on the docket as far as, like, big single-player games. Um, I mean, I guess nearly everything I can think of probably has a tecton multiplayer aspect. Like, uh, the Dead Space 2 has multiplayer, and Assassin's Creed Brotherhood has multiplayer, and, you know, so <clears throat> that's what I have to wonder is, like, if all those games you just listed came out next year, would they have multiplayer tacked on?
2: Well, I think, yeah. we're, start, I think we're starting to find the balance between having a really good single-player campaign and having really good multiplayer, because um, Red Dead Redemption, awesome single-player campaign, but also like, really good multiplayer, too. I mean, you and 16 other people can go into the huge game world and ride around and do whatever. Or you can do multiplayer matches, and they've had a co-op thing. So I think we're starting to get to the point where we're kind of seeing games that have a decent offering of both. So it remains to be seen how Assassin's Creed Brotherhood can pull it off. Something that, that game I feel should be single-player only, but if it can do it well, then more power to Ubisoft for that. Well, here's the thing, Rockstar,
1: though. I mean, Rockstar has the assets, you know what I mean, to spend time and, and make a good single-player and a good multiplayer. That's true. Um, you know, same thing with, like, Activision or, you know, Bungie. You know what I mean? Like, these huge studios, it's, it's no surprise to me that they're able to kind of pull it off. But when you see... Smaller outfits or whatever try to tack it on. I think that's where it should be a little bit more worrisome.
4: Where they just yeah, don't I have the developers and the money to actually devote the right resources to both that they need to. Because you really, it seems like you really need like, you know, a team for each one. And you can't if you take away team members from your single player game, and you just end up like shortening it or making it weaker. Then you've just shot your own game in the foot. Yeah.
2: Well, isn't that what Bioshock Two had? Like five different studios working on it.
0: Yeah, that's what I was going up I was yeah. like, too. like I was really I remember I was really worried about them adding a multiplayer component because I'm like that game if any game that game does not need a multiplayer component like it well, needs to just
4: I, be I, I think the one like you know because what you were talking about about Shock 2 it's basically the same but I think it's shorter I think that's where it did suffer is that it's a little bit shorter than one
0: right but I mean it's still it's still a decent length like it's mm-hmm. not it's still double-digit hours. I mean, yeah. it's still a decent length. And and I was worried about the the multiplayer kind of hindering that. And I, I don't think it did. But I feel like if they didn't have multiplayer, maybe they could have done even more with the single player. And so I'm with you on it. I was worried about that. And, and I think Bioshock 2 was kind of like a, a, you know, a great example of that of maybe we're entering this age where single player takes the back seat. But like, Eddie, you were just saying, maybe not. Maybe single player is still there and could still be great. I mean, look at um, Heavy Rain, yeah? Great single player and and only single player game. And it was loved by critics and people loved it and and whatnot. So I I hope that that's still there because I love... As much as I love playing co-op with my friends, or I love fighting people in Halo or Modern Warfare, there's something about just sitting down and playing a single-player game by yourself and having a great experience. It's one of the, my most favorite things in gaming. So I, I, I'm, I hope that's still there, and I'm, I need that to still be there to remain a gamer.
3: You know, I was actually thinking about that earlier today because um, and, and I, I agree with you 100%. Like to me i have a lot of fun playing online and stuff but my my favorite moments in games are always the ones where i'm playing a single player game by myself you know mm-hmm. um and when i was playing uh prince of persia earlier today you know like i just was so immersed in it and not immersed in the way where like there's no hud or no menus or anything like that but just like i was into it and i just kept wanting to go i was getting, i was in that zone where i just you know could not mess up and just kept flying through it and um and that's just something that happens in certain, you know, single-player games where you're just like, you're like in that world and you don't want to leave it. You know what I mean? And oh
1: yeah, that's that's exactly the way I was when I was playing uh, Limbo last week. I mean, I was actually on chat with Nick while I was doing it, yeah. and I kept t- t- saying to Nick, "Like, dude, I have the biggest smile on my face right now." Like, mm-hmm. I told you about it later too, Anthony. Like, mm-hmm. it was it was just like that that single-player like gaming bliss that sometimes you 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 experience. To where you're like, man, I wish I like I I need my friends to play this game so they could like, you know, I mean so we can talk about this moment, you know, like because like the whole right. last the whole last level or two of that was just some of the most fun like puzzle gaming I've done. I mean, it reminded me of Portal, like that kind of gaming bliss. Like I was playing it and I was like, oh man, these puzzles are so great, and they take just the right amount of like like brain power and skill and. You know, and it was just executed really artfully too. like, yeah, it was that same thing like that, what you were talking about, like just getting those moments where you're totally sucked into it.
3: It was a lot of fun listening to you play Limbo while we were talking on (laughs) Xbox Live because it literally went from like, because I was playing Harmony of Despair and I'd hear Eddie go, I feel so stupid right now. And then, oh, I got it. Oh, I'm so smart. (laughs) <laughs> like it would yeah. just jump from one extreme to the other and i'm like dude i gotta play this game
4: i think you've actually sold it like that kind com- that description you just gave of it has actually sold me on buying it because i was kind of on the fence like i played the demo and it's a cool style but i wasn't sure if i was willing to spend the full month because it seems like not that much happens in the demo you know you play what like two or three little puzzles
1: yeah, it, the the first few missions, it's just it's a lot of walking. It's more about the, the style and the atmosphere, really, mm-hmm. than it is about the puzzles. And then as the game goes on, they just start throwing puzzles at you like left and right. Like you finish a puzzle and you're it butts right up against another puzzle.
2: Okay. Yeah. And like so, right yeah, after that, it, I've, been dab- I've been dabbling in it a bit too. And the demo ends in such a bad spot because like right after that is it's like when the, the puzzles g- g- really g- g- kick up. Yeah, and the game just takes off because I don't want to say too much, but the spider starts actively going after you, and that just nice. sort of ramps it up because you're having to do the puzzles at the same time as being chased by this thing that yeah. you know is trying to kill you. So just yeah, so that's see, like,
4: okay, that is the the one thing. Like maybe it's just hamstrung by a bad demo. That it that has definitely happened before. Like Re yeah, like, Five,
0: yeah. the, yeah. the official gamer sushi game. <laughs> Can't have a podcast without RE5. Yeah, I mean that that demo that was demo not was... a good demo. And in the game, in the context of the game, it's like, oh yeah, okay, it makes sense, and I love it. And then I'm going to go on with the rest of the game. And yeah,
4: it's maybe, maybe be- it was just a case where they should have. Previewed some of the later levels, but maybe they felt like story-wise or something. That they, I think that an have,
0: earlier
3: level, that the demo was so hard that I and maybe it was because I forgot how to play a Resident Evil type game. Like no, that. I'm, I'm just talk,
4: I'm talking about Limbo. Oh,
3: Limbo. Never mind. I'm talking about. sorry. I wanted to talk about Resident well, Evil.
4: More. The RE5 <laughs> demo actually jumps around. It's actually it's not.
3: Yeah, it's two levels. Yeah. Yeah. It,
4: it's it's a later level, but yeah, no. I think Limbo. They they made the mistake of thinking that they should start at the start of the game. When at the same um,
1: time, I don't know what where else they could have jumped in on it though like yeah, when another I think about it, you know because yeah, um, you have
3: to set up the game mechanics and everything yeah
1: and and really like r- part of immersing you in the game is the way they start it because it's very slow it's, you you feel like you're all alone you know and you're kind of doing this thing and then slowly they start you start to see like hints of of another yeah, like, of a world of like a whole place that you're in mm-hmm. and you, they have to slowly they they unravel it really really well like the game is really like aren't fully done not just like in in its design but also in um not not just its look but also in um the pace yeah the pace of it yeah Yeah, the way the world slowly
2: builds itself like there's no text there's barely any music but it still manages to convey all these sorts of uh emotions and images to you and you can just sort of start putting it together yourself with like very little impetus from the game so it, it does that really well yeah, my top, I mean my
1: top 3 games of the year right now are Mass Effect 2, Red Dead Redemption and Limbo.
2: Yeah, I think I'm with you on that
1: one easily. Yeah, I mean granted there aren't there haven't been like a lot of great games that have come out, you know, total but still, I mean like that's without question like my top 3. You know.
0: Yeah, hey, I don't know, if I'd say there've been a lot of great games, but there's been a lot of good games. Yeah. I mean, I think that look go go to every year prior to this in the past what 10 years and go to August and see what has been released by August. Madden. Oh, sorry, <laughs> yeah. I thought you were asking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, go go look, and, and I'm going to guarantee you this might be the best till August we've ever well, had. Well, yeah,
3: because Modern Warfare 2 created Second Christmas for us. It's yeah, true.
2: it's true.
0: It's true. Yeah. yeah.
3: Which I hope, like I said, that they've discovered, although now I've always wished this, but like I said, I mean... Like I can't take this year round gaming thing <laughs> i know,
1: know i've always I've always wished for it and then this year I've been just like out of breath trying to catch this would have
0: been good they should have <laughs> figured this out when I was in high school and college, but not now yeah, yeah in co- in college mainly
1: well, kind of jump Sorry. in because I was talking about it a minute ago just about like uh art style and stuff I wanted to jump into community topics um and one of the cooler kind of discussion topics that I thought we had um was something that Mitch posted about uh, photorealistic graphics, and you actually used the the example of Limbo um, in that post, right? Um,
2: yeah, yeah, I did. I just thought that like um, just Limbo's art style was really, really cool, and that's one of the things that sold me on it in the demo is because it looks like so much. It looks so different from anything else I've seen. Really, I mean, I can't really think of anything that sort of compares to Limbo visually. So, I mean, like, sometimes we have these games where it's, like, they try and get as close to realistic as possible. Like, Heavy Rain. I mean, Heavy Rain is a great-looking game. But at the same time, it's like, what if that had been done with, like, a different art style? Would it have been more appreciated? So, I mean...
0: Yeah, Heavy Rain at times entered into the whole... Uncanny Valley. Uncanny Valley. Well, yeah, I like, think
1: when you do those photorealistic graphics, it also makes the things that are... Um, it makes the things that aren't done as well, like, look even worse. Because the environments and stuff would range in heavy rain from like great to like ugly, yeah. yeah. You know.
4: Well, and yeah, and then Alan Wake. You know, when you're walking around, just fine, everything looks great, and then all the cutscenes is just awful.
2: It's it's actually funny that you bring up Alan Wake because there's parts in Alan Wake where. The darkness starts chasing you, and the the visuals get very like wind blown and like the the darkness starts creeping in you. And it sort of remi- limbo sort of reminded me of that in a way. I don't know if you felt the same, Eddie. Yeah, playing yeah. Them closely, yeah, because like some parts definitely seem to be similar to me. So, I don't know. I just wanted to mention that since you brought up Alan Lake, real quick.
3: You know what I have to mention is even more than faces. The biggest problem that games have is hands. People it's have this giant. Hands with the like Lego hands with the fingers all stuck together. And yes, it's just, it totally takes me out of well, game. Yeah, I
0: think even more than that is more than that. The way the hands look is the is they're not nimble. They don't like yeah. when when a, a video game character takes a drink. Mm-hmm. It's so like mechanical.
3: It's
0: yeah. It's like or when they kiss. When yeah, <laughs> or when they kiss, it's so rigid and like in uh, like uh, a, a puppet. You know, like, it doesn't feel fluid and graceful like, you know, hand movements are.
1: Which is funny. Um, Red Dead Redemption, actually, I thought, it had some yeah. incredible animations.
0: I totally agree with you.
2: Um,
3: yeah. Yeah, like, when you're playing poker and stuff like that, even then, it all looks pretty good.
2: Yeah, I'm actually surprised with how realistic, like, the card games and everything are in Red Dead. Yeah. Sadly, I, just loved, I mean,
0: it, it kind of blew me away from the beginning. Like when in the very beginning, when you're talking to Bonnie, is that her? Yeah, Bonnie. And she, like the way she moves and talks and stuff, I was like, this is fantastic. Like it looks like a real person emoting and and moving around and walking and riding a horse. It was fantastic. It's you know, interesting. Yeah. Sorry, can you go, Anthony?
3: Oh, this is just real little tiny tangent uh speaking of riding a horse in red dead redemption i picture you know when you're riding along to somebody and you're you know the conversations going on between the two characters mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i picture the voice actor in the voice recording booth having to shout pretending like he's riding a horse because he's always shouting when he's talking when they're riding yeah and it always just kind of makes me laugh
1: <laughs> yeah no, it's, it, they have a lot of cool touches like that but it was funny because me and mitch and jeff played red dead redemption today after we did Borderlands, um, we did Borderlands. We yeah, we played a little bit of Red Dead Redemption to do, to try to get the Public Enemies achievement um, in the free run sessions. But it had rained for a while in the game, and then after it got done raining, it like it was dark. I mean, it was nighttime, and it was like a ridiculous amount of stars from the sky. And I don't know if it's always like that or what, but for some reason I noticed it, and I made the comment that like it's pretty nuts that a game that I've been playing for like two to three months still, like, impresses me visually. Okay. You know I mean, yeah, I made a comment about it. I was like, wow, there are so many stars in this guy. I felt like the double rainbow guy. Like, I was like, fascinated. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> I so vivid. So, yeah, I was, like, so fascinated by how many stars there were. I was like, are you guys seeing all these stars? Like,
0: <laughs> what does it mean? Yeah. <laughs> well, no, that's one of the things I love about the game is, like, when you're playing it, like, when the day starts, it's like, today's going to be a sunny day. Yeah. Or maybe it's going to be a cloudy day. Maybe it's going to be a partly cloudy day or maybe it's going to be a rainy day. Maybe it's going to be a, like a really rainy day. And, or like and in, maybe in night Mexico is
2: going to Sorry, Nick.
0: No, I was just going to say at nighttime, maybe it's, a, maybe it's a full moon. Maybe there's a lot of stars or maybe it's kind of overcast. Like it, it felt to me like it, it was such a world immersion. Like I was in this world. I was in the Old West. I was herding cattle. I was shooting bad guys, and the way the weather was and the way that that whole thing felt, it felt like a living, breathing world. Like when you entered a town and people were walking around, it didn't feel mechanical. It felt real. And I think, yeah, Red Dead killed it, knocked it out of the park in that department.
1: So would you say the graphics in Red Dead, kind of getting back to the photorealism, like photorealistic graphics, would you say that they were stylized or photorealistic?
2: They're a little I stylized.
3: Both,
1: I yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. They've got they some are. mixes of both, I think. Yeah. I think, I think that it helps. I
3: think it's
0: better to be authentic than realistic.
1: Oh, that's and a good point.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah I, I would agree with you. I, I, I think that that's a, a really know, good
1: way of putting it. Actually, I don't know
0: if it's photorealistic as much as it's uh, filmic. It, 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 it's cinematic. Realistic. Yeah. Well,
2: spaghetti Westerns definitely had a certain, a huge, oh God, yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. And that's a huge, huge influence on us. Like, you more than more than you feel like you're living a rancher's life. You feel like you're living a rancher's life on celluloid. If that makes sense. Um, right. Yeah. That's what red dead felt like to me.
3: Right. Like, it's the West as if, you know, filtered through first a movie screen and now a video game. Like, yeah. And, and then that's movies that's and then,
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's what the look was. It was gorgeous. I mean, that, I mean, we've talked about this a bunch, but like just like riding your horse in the sun setting and you just see all the cactus and the cacti and you see the big plateaus on the on the thing and it's like this is all part of this world I'm a I'm I'm riding around in. It's not just this backdrop or just whatever. It's this huge, amazing world and there's plants and there's animals and it all looks amazing and yeah.
4: Well it it's like it's like it sounds like it's not random. It's it's all carefully crafted and designed to right, look yeah. a certain way. I think you know? it's
3: right, yeah, very and much paste, so. you know like they didn't just copy and paste this mountain over here and everything like I mean they crafted this whole world together. You no,
0: know, you know? like when you get into Mexico, you know you're in Mexico. Right. Yeah. Like it actually it actually looks hot. Which yeah, is yeah. i totally agree with you i totally yeah. agree with you
3: it looks hot you think you're gonna go to a place in a straight line but you can't because there's this big like ravine there and you have to go around and it's a big pain in the ass it's yeah it's just like what you would think mexico would be like
1: <laughs> well yeah and it's um i don't know it's just i totally just brain farted on what i was gonna say like and the words just left Oh no. Uh, mid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Here's what I was gonna say. Um, and it seems this was going on when Anthony said about like not copying and paste it. Like it it seems like a lot of games these days just don't have like a a really defined visual style. I mean, like there's not like even like as as good of a game as as much as I loved Assassin's Creed 2, to me that's a game that I, I think about and I'm like it didn't really have in my mind much of like a visual style. I mean it had its interface and stuff which was pretty um stylized but but in terms of like the way the visuals were like, it, like borderlands is a very stylized visual yeah.
3: right like you know when when the wind waker came out everybody made fun of that yeah yeah exactly because everybody wanted the realistic zelda but i mean i still would go back and play the wind waker just for the visuals of it or, or anything else nine you know nine times out of ten that just was a pretty game to look at and it was just fun it made you want to play it.
0: that's bad
4: yeah, it's all trading cool. was super
3: hot yeah, it it's been cool thing. playing
4: uh, creature or Critter Crunch. You know, that's that's very yes. much like an anime as a game. That That's
3: been really cool. Critter Crunch is, like, it's adorable. Like, it's so disgusting. But it's such a fun game.
1: Is that a PSN Plus game?
4: Uh, it's, uh, well, yeah, you get it free with PSN Plus. So I downloaded it. I probably yeah, you, wouldn't you have picked just, it up otherwise.
3: You can just buy it normally. I had actually bought it by, by itself, before PlayStation Plus and everything, and it's it's pretty fun. It's a nice. nice different take on the the falling blocks kind of game.
1: Yeah, that's cool. Um, and aside, well, I read a thing about um, I guess the Deus Ex guys for Deus Ex Revolution is that what the prequel's called. Um, Human Revolution. Human Revolution. Um, they were talking about how like the game's going to have like, a lot of these like kind of dark, like and and like amber, almost sepia like, tones or whatever um sapia whatever um <laughs> but those like kind of like that kind of color scheme to it and one of the comments that one of the developers made is like because so many shooters all look the same um in terms yeah, of like, style
2: have you seen that picture that's going around the internet it takes like three shooters i think like Killzone, modern warfare and one more and it puts them behind the gun and they all have the same looking gun they all have the same blood splatter coming into the side of the screen, and they the like, visually indistinguishable. So it's good that uh, Human Revolution is trying to do that, to differentiate itself. Because there's definitely getting... There's definitely a convergence point with shooters, I'm starting to feel like.
0: Well, and then there was that whole another. thing. And I think I'm kind of at the end of it now, thankfully, but there was that really big <laughs> gray and brown equals realism.
1: Yeah, Gears of War one. Gears, yeah.
0: Gears and Resistance and all that stuff, like... Like all of a sudden, next gen meant brown.
3: <laughs> yeah, brown high def,
0: which I didn't well, like, really understand. But I'm kind of. I, I feel like we're kind of moving past that now.
2: Bad company too. I mean, that's not the most realistic looking game, but it's very, it's very bright and colorful. It's bright and vivid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's it's lush. It's, it's lush. lush. Just running uh, down the list. The list of cliches. <laughs>
3: I did a post about that once. In an <laughs> atmospheric. Oh, yeah.
1: I remember that, like uh, terms you never want to hear.
3: In a review again. Yeah. yeah. And, like drab, the brown, and if something's green, and if there's a forest in the game, you'll hear lush in a review.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Funny. Well, I guess moving along to the next um, kind of community topic, another big one that we had on in the last week or so was the idea of uh, quitting um, in multiplayer gaming. And that was kind of born out of the whole thing about Bungie, saying that they were going to figure out a punishment for, for people that rage quit. Yeah. Um, so I I just kind of want to see what you guys thought about that. Because I've got quite a few opinions on it, but I've already made those known in a post. But I want to see what you guys thought about just the idea of, of quitting multiplayer games. And should there be, like, you know, stiff punishments or, you know, whatever. Because Bungie, basically what they talked about for their system is that they want to gradually eliminate people that quit games and put them all in a pool together.
2: Yeah, like the habitual quitters. Yeah. Yeah, see, that's I like, fine. I mean, we all get like we that. all get those games where we just want to leave, you know, like when when everybody else on your team is gone or like nobody's doing anything, it's just a terrible match. You just kind of want to go on to the next one. I don't think you should be punished for that. Like the people who quit intentionally to make the game work for other people, those are the people they should try to weed out.
3: Yeah, the people like, oh, we're losing now, so I'm going to quit. But if, you know, if you're in a match and it's supposed to be capture the flag and your teammates think it's team deathmatch, you know, yeah, then then that's think that's okay to quit. I don't
4: think well, you but then, for that. How, is it gonna work because what you just described where they're gonna try and move them so that the quitters are sort of in their own little walled garden where they play with each other. <laughs> that, that, that almost sounds that. like that almost sounds like a, a morality in a way like it's just like are, are, these guys are the the guys that try to do all the bad stuff. They can play with people that do that, but all the people over here that are good players don't have to deal with that. I mean, is that how they're going to implement it, where you get a sort of... I, I almost think of, like, a wanted level. It's like, all the wanted players <laughs> play with each other, but the people that are in good standing, you know? Does that make sense? Is that yeah, how... Yeah.
1: I mean, I don't know. I mean, that's, they've, they've only said, like, they haven't given any specifics about it, but I don't know. I have differing opinion about it, because, like, I understand where they're coming from. If, if someone's quitting, like, all the time, every time they're starting to lose, like, yeah, that's a problem. But at the same time, I feel like a game that you pay for like, I don't know. I feel like if I don't want to play a game type, I'm going to quit, and it's my right, you know. Like
3: and, and and you're also paying for Xbox Live, so you're paying for the right to play online.
1: Yeah, like if, we, if I get a game type like I can't stand or a map that I like really hate, like and if I'm by myself, I'll quit. Like you know, I mean, I'll, obviously I'll try to play it a little bit, but if it's if it, you know, if it goes the way I I assume it's going to go, I don't. Am I not having fun? Like I'd rather move on to a to a game I'm going to have fun in.
4: Like guess my think, point My point is, is there a way to make it seamless for the the, the quitters where you, know, you you separate them out without them even realizing it and maybe you get a better um, if if you're good for long enough, you get off probation. But is there a way to do that? Like does it have to be punitive where you're like, you are a bad player?
3: <laughs> you know? well, the, what I heard the most recent thing I heard was they were going to make you wait fifteen minutes before you could get back into a match again.
1: that would make me really angry.
3: Yeah, yeah. like, let's say, what if your internet disconnects? What if your wife's like, honey, come to dinner, or, you know, whatever? Yeah, you know, like like, if life, life happens? happens. Yeah, exactly. We're adults, you know? That's well, why you that's need to have a quick like, save everywhere.
4: I think you could do it, but I think it just has to be something that the quitter doesn't realize is happening. You yeah, know
1: exactly. I mean?
4: Like, you can separate them out and let them keep playing their game the way they're going to play it as long as you're separating them away from the people that are going to be affected by their bad behavior, you know? Like, it doesn't have to be, like, a slap on the wrist. It has to be, like, a, okay, you are a, a quantity that we don't want in this game. We're, we're moving you over here.
3: <laughs> Big red letters. You are a douche. Yeah. Timeout you know? for 15 minutes. So The What's... band
2: pulls up to your house in the middle of the night and hustles you off.
1: <laughs> so wait, can you guys remember the last, like, the most recent thing you rage quit
4: from?
2: StarCraft 2.
1: Star too, <laughs>
4: well, but but I've never rage quit in multiplayer because I never play it enough. Like, well,
1: even single player, like, is there is there anything you remember just being like screw this and then just being done with it?
4: Yes, uh, Side is kind of brutal. Legend actually a little bit. I, I don't know if I'm gonna finish brutal legend because I was just like this is just stupid.
3: <laughs> the the last one was um, well other than Assassin's Creed that I told you about it was about where I didn't get all the oh yeah and everything but three dot game heroes where I was fighting this dragon and i literally hit him 50 times and like he just wouldn't die and he kept killing me and i mean it, like I, I was about one for like 25 minutes and i just my sword wasn't strong enough or something and i was just like you know what uh even if i beat this guy i don't even want to play this game anymore so goodbye
4: you know? yeah i guess now that i think about it i did rage quit with the original assassin's creed because i couldn't like i'm not very good at stealthiness and <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> that game's like, just
3: not very good don't worry about it
4: well I, I know but still it's like i got to a point where i was just like i just can't get anything because i think i was trying to climb a viewpoint and i couldn't figure out a way to do it without getting like murdered halfway up and that's one of the things that assassin's creed 2 fixes in a way it's easier to play without like assassin's creed is more 2 is more forgiving if you're not as good about being super stealthy all the time yeah but I definitely was just like, all right, fuck it, I'm done. <laughs> no I nearly, running.
1: I nearly rage quit Alan Wake in the final level, because the final level is really irritating. Because um, like the, the whole game is pretty good, but but yeah, the final level, it's like I can understand, like because you know they try to have one of those big classic in runs that like is like really epic and they throw a lot of crap at you to like make you like you're like, holy crap, it's the last level, you know? They but they did that to you for like an hour. And when you've got the intensity cranked up to 11 for that long, it's not an in- intense anymore. It's actually just annoying and hard. <laughs> you know, so, you, at f- so at first I'm like, whoa, this is like crazy intense. This is awesome. And then an hour later, I'm like, okay, seriously, I was just going to beat your game. And you shouldn't have me feeling like that at the end of your game. <laughs> didn't you always on um, um,
3: Veteran kind of like that for me? Oh, God, yes. Yeah. Eddie, didn't you have some problems with Ghostbusters? That one thing we were talking about this, this past weekend, I think.
1: Oh yeah, I I nearly rage quit a level in Ghostbusters. The there's like a part where you're smashing a statue into a gate and for some reason it was like one of the hardest things I'd ever done in a video <laughs> game. And I have no idea why. But, but the last thing I know I ra I did rage quit was, was Bl- Blood Bowl that I rented. And I played that <laughs> yeah. and I, can't I played
3: you for that calmly.
1: <laughs> like I played it and I was fine and then it just it was maddening and I just I was done with it. Uh, maddening? Yes. Maddening. Did it because it's yeah. football game? Okay.
2: I, I, brought, I know I brought this up in the last podcast, but the Star from unfortunately I was this close to snapping the controller in half. I could feel it cracking underneath my hands.
3: <laughs> well didn't they say that was like a mistake that they programmed it wrong and that the props yeah. were actually the opposite?
2: Yeah, I think it was SK Beans on the topic mentioned that it yeah. was a it was a glitch. It was a that glitch almost cost me sixty dollars, man. That is a freaking expensive glitch.
1: Nick, can you remember the last thing you really quit?
0: Um, I don't know if I, I don't know if I can remember the like, the last thing I did. I'm mean, gonna get frustrated a lot in games. The, but, but I do have to say that I remember playing NCAA 05, maybe or 04 on the Xbox, like the original Xbox. So maybe it was O three or 04. It was one of those things, Eddie, you know what I'm talking about, where all of a sudden the game decides you're not going to be able to win this game.
3: Yeah, you're going yeah. to
0: score. Yeah. It, it, I actually broke the controller. Oh, my god, it was <laughs> so mad because, because it decided that because I, w- I was winning the game. It decided it didn't matter that I was winning the game. It was going to beat me. And I, I threw the controller to the ground and broke a little bit of it, whatever. And I had to like open up the controller. I think <laughs> I actually ended up fixing the controller. Yeah, But control. you fixed it. I fixed it. But I was so <laughs> mad. <'cause laughs> it, was like, it was like, you're not winning. No, I don't, I don't fucking care if you think you're going to win. You're not going to win right now. Right now, that just happened to you. And I was so mad. I just That's... couldn't deal with the anger in my heart at that moment.
3: <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> you Nick went over to I the dark playing, side. Uh, <laughs> I was playing out uh, What is it? NHL 2002. Because I used to like those mm-hmm. a lot. And um,
0: that there were some solid NHL games then. Yeah, NHL that was, was pretty good.
3: Was I may mean, have to go back and try those? I haven't played in a long time. But I, NHL I think the
0: one or two I played that was really good.
3: And like there would be times when you'd be playing and you could just all of a sudden the other team would speed up and get really smart, and pass really good, and you knew they were about to score. And sometimes, yeah. if you played really, really good defense, you could stop them. And if you stopped them and you were able to score a goal before, they did, like, get reset, and it went back to them being retards. And uh-huh. whenever you did that, it felt really good. But then they would get you back. They always made sure they got you back. Oh. And giving up a goal in hockey is, like, it, that's the worst. So that's that was really – that, that pissed me off a lot.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's been other times I've been frustrated before. Was it
3: against a certain team? Because I remember in NCAA, I think, oh, fuck, whenever I was Florida State, I could kill anybody. But when I played Maryland, it kicked my ass every time.
0: I have no clue. I think it was one of the things where, because I know Eddie did a similar thing to me, where I, I loved doing the, like, dynasty mode. Mm-hmm. And, I was play, and what I loved to do would, would be take a really bad team. And try to build them up, rather than take like an established team, you know, like a like a Florida or a Tennessee. Yeah. Or a U.S. I do it with like USF or something. Yeah, I, I would play with like, U of H mm-hmm. or Rice or. I did one with
1: Rice one time.
0: Yeah, or my my alma mater, North Texas. I would take bad teams, and then I would be like, "All right, I'm going to try to make these teams good." And what I always loved about that is that. Is that I could play with them and do well, and you know finish like five in, in in the rankings, and that was a successful season to me. And then I could go and recruit and be like, hey, listen, we did badass and whatever. And I mean, it got to the point to where I had only named players because of all the numbered players that were the players, went away, yeah, yeah, went away. And and that was always really cool to me. But yeah, I, I, I think I was playing one of the Dynasty modes. And I, was, I think I was undefeated. And, and I was playing really well. And then the game decided that I wasn't going to win that game. Anymore. The football gods decreed. They decreed. And I got so freaking mad. Uh, Lord,
3: Lord Far yeah. looked down from, with his, uh, his crocs and said, you know what? No.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, moving along to uh, news topics, we're kind of running out of time, so we're really only going to hit one. This one I thought was the most interesting. Um, there was there was news that the creators of how do you pronounce this? Uh, Machinarium. Machinarium. Yeah. Machinarium. Yeah. Um, it was like a it was like a PC adventure game. Um, kind of that like looks point. gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, like I, a point, I, I like,
4: bought like, it actually.
1: Uh, oh yeah. Did, yeah. What do you think of it?
4: It's it's pretty cool. Um, it's actually interesting. It's it's a flash game. It's it's yeah. made entirely in Flash. But yeah, it's um you know it's an old style adventure game that with uh, no dialogue, no text or anything. You just you know click around and stuff, and you'll get little icons. But yeah, it was really cool, and the music is gorgeous, and it's gorgeous to look at. But I bought it uh, when Seam for Mac came out. I bought the indie pack, so I got that and uh, Galcon and Osmosis and as as it
1: like two or three other things yeah like it, and it's it's kind of like got a steampunk feel to it like mm. uh, i'm i was really interested in it when it came out but i just i lost track of it but they they've estimated that only 5 15% of the people that played Machinarium actually paid for it which is insane um, so what what the creators are doing now they're actually offering pirate amnesty to everyone that pirated the game and saying hey we're going to lower the price from $20 down to $5 to anyone who'd like to pay for it, hoping to persuade some of the pirates to pay for it. Um, and they're also and, throwing and in It a
0: ends free... on the 12th. So if, yeah. if you listen to this podcast, the 12th, if you want to buy it, buy it before then.
1: Yeah. And they're also throwing in a free song called Pirate Amnesty um, <laughs> <laughs> to commemorate it. But it's just wild that, you know, like, I mean, it's pretty crazy that 5 to 15% of people, um, and you hear people. You know, PC gamers that, that pirate a lot use the excuse of, you know, I'm I'm sure there, there, are, there are plenty that fall into the camp that say, if it's good, I'll pay for it. I believe that that's probably, there's there's a percentage of them that actually do that. You know, but that's an excuse, that's a veil that I think a lot of pirates hide behind. You know what I mean? Like, and here you had a game that was only 20 bucks. and
0: That was it, an indie game.
4: Yeah, that mm-hmm.
1: was an indie game, and people wouldn't pay
4: for it. Yeah.
1: Which is... So absurd to
4: me. I never pirated games just because I mean, you have to be a PC gamer really to pirate games. But I stopped pirating music when I realized that the price points were within my reach and that it was actually almost kind of like a I don't know. It it made sense when I was a poor college student and I needed my five dollars to buy ramen, but I mean, you know. Like, when you can buy an entire album... Of, like, I bought the new Arcade Fire album for three ninety nine on Amazon. And, like, when it's at price points like that, it's almost offensive. It's, it's more offensive to pirate something like that when you're like, I can spare $5. Yeah. You know? Like, well, you can spare $5 for that game even if you beat it. You know, I, bought, I, I already own um, the Orange Box on the 360, but when it was on sale on Steam, I bought all of Half-Life 2. Because it was like ten dollars, I was like, "This is a cool game. It's nice to have it over here." You know, like that's the, the thing that kind of blows my mind. It's like you can afford to throw a few bucks somewhere this way. It's it's not going to kill you. And, and it also like I, I also was downloading so much music that I wasn't listening to. You know, if, if you limit yourself to what you can actually afford to pay for, you're not going to download a hundred different things that you never play.
0: Yeah. Something interesting, uh, Jeff. That. I was reading about, I'm sure you read about it too, when when Radiohead released their album, Rainbows, and you could pay whatever you wanted for it, and you could pay $0 for it, Yeah, there was still a gigantic number of people that pirated it off of torrent sites.
1: Yeah,
0: that Instead of paying $0. Yeah, instead of going to the website. And just exactly, because I, I really think a lot of this has to do with this, this you get into a rhythm. And you get into uh, a Just place, a yeah, a place of. This of, is how I get my this stuff. This is how I get right. my stuff. And 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 yes, I mean I I fault these people because because yes, the, you you shouldn't steal these people's games. Especially eighty five percent of these people shouldn't yeah. steal these people's games. But I do kind of understand the idea of like I don't know if these people realize what they're doing as much as they're just they've been programmed to do this over the years like people that steal music i, I don't think a lot of them actually think they're doing anything wrong at all they're just like this is how i've always gotten music so this is how i'm going to continue to get music like with the radio ad example like literally they did the exact same thing as getting it for free from the website but they got it from a torrent site for free as well
3: yeah, well, I mean you like I pay like a, a like a little servicing fee that was like forty-seven cents? You know, because I bought mine for a dollar, and then when it came out in the stores, I bought it then, and that's what I was always intending on doing. So I paid a forty-seven to download it, and then I bought it again when it came out, like you know, on in a brick and mortar store. Right. And, but you're right. Like I mean, it's, it's forty-seven cents. Like or it was you know free technically, but you know, like just what the hell's wrong with these people? you know, like. When I was in college, I used to have arguments because the only – I did download music in college, but like the only stuff I did was literally songs I wouldn't pay money for. I still bought CDs like, on a regular basis, and I used to have arguments. People were like, well, it's the same thing as if taping it on the radio, and I'm like, no, it's not. It's not even close to being the same thing because you have to sit by the radio all day long, and then you have to hit a chord and hope the DJ doesn't talk over the song. It's, it's completely nothing like it, you stupid skank. You know? And I, uh, I actually said that to a girl.
4: <laughs> but well, she was the, my
3: girlfriend, so it's okay.
4: Nice, nice. Well, you know, the other interesting thing was uh, an author I like, John Green, he writes uh, young adult books, and he tweeted the other day ago that he found out that one of his most well-known books, Looking for Alaska, was downloaded from a torrent site 40,000 times. Jeez. Yeah, and this is and this is like he was saying. How can you compete with that when the piracy of the book is outpacing the ebook sales before it even comes out?
3: Oh, like, yeah, that sounds like a good book. I need to download that. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> I yeah,
4: no, I, like that? that was just interesting. Like, I wouldn't think of that horrible. like Who yeah. pirates' books, but apparently kids do because you know it's like it's it's written for teens. Well, it, DS but, but, games and
3: PSP games get
0: get pirated a lot now. Yeah,
4: yeah. Like who? That, that yeah, but so I think
0: a, I think that's a, a small percentage. I don't I don't think people huge. I don't think it's hugely popular popular in the general public to download PSP games.
3: No, no. no the DS just, one, I think you might be right. But PSP, like piracy, that's why they did the PSP go. It's just direct reaction to piracy. Okay. So, that's from what yeah, I've read anyway.
4: I mean that's the thing. Like,
3: Go ahead, Jeff. you sorry. know,
4: who who pirates TSP games? Well, pirates books. You know, yeah. like,
3: exactly. And you know what? I want to mention what machine uh, with the design. I mean, a minute. I mean, i design here. Is doing with Machinarium is very astute. <laughs> that was these tortured. Fucking, these words suck ass, and I gotta be up in five hours. This sucks. <laughs> Um <laughs> basically they're, they're dropping the price but they're marketing it as if like it's amnesty for pirates, you know what I mean? It's the, it, this is a marketing thing that they're doing and it's really brilliant because it's calling attention to their game. It's, it's very making, smart. Making, it's making yeah. people just talk about it and go, well, maybe I'll buy the game because that sucks and this looks like a really great game.
0: Yeah, they could, exactly. have, yeah, they could have just dropped the price. Yeah, and exactly. and, 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 and the fact is they're me. purposefully pointing out pirates. pirates. Yeah. You pirated our game and we know you pirated our game. Yeah. This is why don't. What do you think about throwing us five bucks? Yeah. What do you say? Uh, because I mean, and then it gets picked up by Kotaku and then everyone yeah. knows about it, and then that becomes a thing where people go, and th- pe- maybe people that didn't pirate go, well, fuck, I'll throw them five bucks. No, that's the way I'm feeling. I didn't.
1: I didn't play the yeah. game. I didn't. You know. So I'm now. I'm like, Absolutely. okay, yeah. five bucks. Yeah. I'll throw it. You know. Right.
0: The other
4: thing is that like that, that's kind of funny because people are always just like, oh, I, I love the thing you're doing. I would donate money to you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like we, you yeah. heard that all over the place on, <laughs> on the smooth view film site. How, how does that I don't know. agree with pirating games? Like I'm willing to steal a game, but I would love to send money to someone who makes content I love. Why can't you make the connection that sending money to these game development companies is sending money to people, people that content you love, <laughs> you know, yeah. like I, I, I think it's it, there's a there's a funny mindset about yeah. about something well, that's
1: interesting because like I don't know like I just you yeah, and I, I'm not painting all PC gamers in this broad brush or whatever like it, like pirates in general like some just a lot of them seem like just some of the biggest pickers in the world because they they act like you know they said. They have all these reasons. I mean, this is based on one of the first comments on the article. You know, it, it, all these reasons and excuses of like, this is why I won't do it. But if you, but uh, but when they're all appeased, they still won't buy them. You know what I mean? Like, you could appease all of them, and and they and birds don't care. <laughs> they're right. going. But, you know, they're going to do it no matter what.
3: I'm I'm looking at this the the, the comments on the Kotaku article, and this one was. So the real price was 25% of the fur pricing. If they did that from the beginning, people wouldn't have pirated it. So if that's, they'd sell the it for $5. Crap. Yeah, exactly. That's crap.
1: That's total crap.
3: And so other guy's like, well, 15% should be enough to pay their employees. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so people are douchebags and that's the
0: end of the story.
1: That guy's basically saying
0: I don't want you to make any money off
1: of your yeah, work. No, and one okay. and one of the comments was even saying like um well, you know, clearly they were able to make profits even though they even though everyone pirated so that twenty dollars was like way overpriced. You know, they clearly weren't hurting even though I'm just like, oh you're such a because it's like you basically it's not okay for someone to be wildly successful off of something that they spend a lot of time doing like that's not okay. right
0: Which Well because it's hard to kind of go off topic here, but this is a whole thing of like you know you know in this, in this age of people uh, internet and, and you know learning and knowing about all these stuff, uh, people take a product and they break down the, the parts of the product right and they say it takes this much money to build that product. so they're like, okay this, this a laptop costs400 dollars to build. So then in their head, they're like, well, you should only charge me $400 yeah. because
4: right.
0: they you don't realize how the real world works <laughs> because they sit on a message board all day and they're a bunch of fucking idiots. So, <laughs> I, <got it. laughs> well, I, I
3: think I got the best one here. This guy says, wait, I bought for $20 and now I have to suffer?
0: Yeah, that's how it. Like, get, how over, get over yourself, buddy. Yeah, I, I just, I, I'm so frustrated with these people. It's the same type of people. I mean, actually like, oh, you! It only costs this much to do this. They don't take into account like paying employees or R and D or you know actually trying to make us. a profit on something. Right? Yeah. It, it's so silly to be like, to, to, first of all, to be like, I bought it for twenty dollars and now these people only have to pay it for five and I'm gonna bitch about it and I want a refund for fifteen dollars. You're an idiot. First of all, and yeah, then you people, wouldn't get a
4: refund when you bought like uh, now that Bioshock 2 is $20 new, you're not gonna get $40 back if you bought it new like I did, <laughs> you know?
0: Right, what? right. It, it, it's just, or these people that are like, stop guilt tripping me about pirating this game. And it's like, well, but okay, you, well, you did something illegal, first of all, so maybe you should get over them guilt tripping you, and then right. maybe you should try to help them out. Yeah, like they're the one they're, that did something. they not here. this they're not this fucking giant corporation that has a ton of money. Mm-hmm. They're an, and they're an indie studio that made a really awesome, interesting game, and they sold it for twenty dollars, which is not a bad price for a game to start with. And you're bitching at them because they're dropping the price to five dollars. Yeah, it's like why don't you come mow my game?
1: why don't you come mow my lawn for zero dollars? <laughs> Same thing, right? Right. You know, my lawn needs to be mowed. So well, you I'm you doing for free.
3: Pirates, like you said, they say, if I like it, I'll buy it. Apparently, this is a real shitty game because <laughs> 85% of the people didn't buy it.
4: Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think, I think, it, I feel like if you're going to pirate something, you just need to own the fact that what you're doing is, is illegal. There, there are no excuses for it, really. Exactly. You know, like it, it, if you're getting, you know, I used to do stuff all the time knowing perfectly well that what I was doing was not right, it was just convenient. So, you know, it, it's coming up with convoluted excuses convenience, convenience
0: is a huge deal.
4: Yeah, I mean, convenience is a huge deal. And I think part of the reason that it made it that, that made me clue in to why it was silly for me to use convenience as my only excuse is that there are so many convenient options that are legal.
0: Yeah. You know? Exactly. Like, convenience that's, that, that, that's the catch thing. Up. When, when it becomes a point, like, the, what, why is iTunes successful? is because it, it, there's a point where it became. As easy to download legally as it was to download illegally. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But, like this guy here, that's like the real price was 25%. So, the guy's basically saying, Well, you're charging $5 now. Well, you should have always charged $5. Because yeah. then you wouldn't have receipt. Exactly.
1: That's, that's just a, a bullcrap excuse. Yeah, well, that's, from a, that's probably written by probably a pirate. Right.
0: That sounds like someone a, who's an idiot to me. That sounds like somebody who doesn't understand. <laughs> Anything at all. Like they priced it at $20 because they, because that's what they needed to price it at.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: And then well, it kind of and makes and me think of the,
4: the, the publisher market because I, I read a lot about this when there was a big kerfluffle about book pricing. You know, hardback books start out at $25 for a reason. The, the hardbacks pay for the paperbacks pay yes, for exactly. everything online. You know, you, you have to have that initial run of more expensive books. To pay for the cheaper books and it's true well it's like, also good for, um, for, small,
1: for small bookstores to have mm-hmm. you know and so because I mean you're referring to the to the all the crazy stuff at Amazon
4: right the, that, where that Amazon has, uh, Mac like, Macmillan de- yeah Amazon delisted everything Macmillan published from the, the Kindle store for uh, about a month I think it was maybe it was two or three weeks because Macmillan wanted to set higher prices for ebooks and Amazon everyone, everyone
1: to- sided with Amazon like oh Amazon you know Way to stick to them. Everyone should get new books for ninety nine or whatever. But, but, and all Macmillan said is they wanted to do fourteen ninety nine for a little bit.
4: Right, they wanted to be able to offset the price of the. They wanted to say, okay, when the ebook launches, we don't eat the lunch of hardback books. Yeah, we want to make it so that the ebook is a little bit more expensive. So that it doesn't completely run our market for for these expensive hardback books that actually pay for the rest of the run.
1: Well, and they uh, and they had to consider their their partners with all these small bookstores that need hardback sales mm-hmm. too. And why would yeah. someone do that when they go get it for nine ninety nine on mm-hmm. Amazon? And so they're they're also considering small independent bookstores, right? You know? So th- they're coming at it from like I totally understood their position. and Everyone was like, oh, you know way to stick it to Amazon demanding you know what I mean but really Amazon's screwing a lot of
4: people
1: <laughs>
2: just stick to the man giant company yeah, yeah exactly
4: but, but a, a lot <laughs> of stand like, up for the little guy <laughs> we could probably have an entire podcast on, on misconceptions about the publishing industry I just it drives me crazy whenever people are just like oh yeah you know self-publishing is the wave of the future because anybody can publish I'm just no
3: <laughs> I am anti e-book
1: well, I mean it has guys that you know Nick, I know you don't like to talk about Elite World, but, as, mm. but but as guys that spent a couple of years making something that you we couldn't sell, you know, I think it hits kind of close to home too. Like I feel for people when someone just takes their stuff for free. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because that's that's what happened to us, and offering, you know, we were offering it for free. You know mm. what I mean? But
2: I imagine it causes a lot of grief. <laughs>
4: <laughs> wow, <laughs> thanks. For that I have one. no idea what you're talking about, man. <laughs>
2: No, neither do I.
1: I'm not making a reference to anything. <laughs> and now Nick has informed us in the chat that he is rich quitting this podcast. <laughs> so Again? <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I guess that is it for this time. We didn't get to cover a few other topics I really wanted to talk about. Microsoft hitching everything to connect. Which is what seems like is happening, which really bugs me.
0: I think that'll still be in the news next time. I think I'm, oh, gonna, yeah. I think I'm gonna become a PC gamer. I think I'm done with it. I'm They've had
1: over. a good year, man. Bad company two, hey, massive
0: gaming, the original motion controls the mouse. <laughs> i over I'm, I think I'm over a lot of consoles right now. I mean there's gonna be some great console stuff coming out, but
3: well
4: I am glad I, I feel like the PS3 is kind of you know, it's finally caught up and I'm I'm less worried about the three sixty kind of stumbling yeah, because if it it's sucked,
1: I've still got my PS3.
4: Yeah, the PS3 <laughs> isn't isn't yeah,
0: a joke. Right it's right there. It's it's perfectly good. So that, that's if, if, if it could only give me achievement points.
4: <laughs> and cross-game
2: chat and uh, controllers with opposite, right. offset thumbsticks. And oh, then yeah. I went all the time. Yeah. Well it was funny because
1: my brother played uh because I got PS I got uh 3 Game heroes in the other day, and my brother played it for a little bit, and <laughs> he kept getting so screwed because he hadn't played a PlayStation game in forever. So he was getting so screwed up like it told him to press X and he was pressing square cuz that's where the X button is on the 360 controller. Yeah. Yeah,
2: that happens to me too.
4: I've gotten more used to it now. I yeah, it definitely happened at first, but I think I've played PS3 a little bit more now so I don't forget where the buttons are. Yeah, well, well I mean there was the,
0: that kind of big big beginning of the year PS3 with Final Fantasy and Heavy Rain and uh, 3D Game Heroes, God and of War like, 3. played the God of War yeah. collection, so yeah, you, you kind of get more into the the PlayStation controls.
3: Yeah, when I switch to the 360 for a game, um, I always feel for actually like I'm flying by the seat of my pants when it comes to the controls. Like <laughs> I, like I don't know where my fingers are supposed to go, so and I keep forgetting about the bumpers and I hit triggers instead.
0: So nice, I'm pretty lame. I get used to that
1: cool well i think that is it um for the podcast i guess if you want to follow gamer sushi on twitter it's twitter.com slash sushi i'm twitter.com slash d revis
3: i'm twitter.com slash anthony taylor underscore i'm twitter.com slash unsquare
2: i'm twitter.com slash mi7ch i'm twitter.com slash camardo
1: Cool. Thanks for listening, dudes.
2: Rate and review of the podcast. Yes. iTunes. Please. iTunes. Rate and review. Rage yeah. this podcast. Go, 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 go. And if you
4: want to subscribe, there's a subscription link in the sidebar on the right hand side.
2: Rage quit.
1: Uh, Bye.